Hello and welcome once again to another edition of Radio Elevate. My name's Cody. I'm Jennifer. And we're so glad to have you here as we are coming to a close to our our relaunch series, The Ultimate Summer Playlist. This is going to be the last episode. This is the season finale, if you will. It's been an awesome time getting to break down some of these worship songs, but we've had a great couple of weeks as well. We got to spend a little time at the beach, got to spend a little time with the family the last couple of weeks. We did. We got to rest and recharge right before. Before, um, school starts again and in, in next week sadly but we got to spend a lot of time outside a lot of time with each other uninterrupted so it was really nice it, it was really nice we got to uh, it was kind of hard not to take a look at you know how the podcast was doing while we were on vacation mm-hmm. but it was certainly nice to see some of the the comments that were coming through during the weeks while we were out there we also got back the week we got back we had a scavenger hunt with the uh, youth group down there in downtown Jonesboro man that was so much fun yeah, we had a good time. It was really hot, but really fun. You know, uh, I've never seen kids ask for water quicker than they did that day, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we got to hang out there at the front porch of the Storytelling Center for a long time, just eating ice cream, hanging out, having fun with one another after that was done. But we've got a couple things coming up. Uh, Elevate on August the 20th is going to be starting a brand new in-person series. It's going to be called Mythbusters and right here on the Radio Elevate program next week. I can't believe this is the season finale. I can't believe we've been doing this eight weeks now. But this is the season finale of Radio Elevate. Next week we're going to start a brand new study on First and Second Kings. There's going to be a link up there on the RadioElevatePod.com website. Is going to have a link to the book that we're going to be looking at. We're going to be going through some Bible studies talking about first and second kings. There's going to be a link right there that you can join in on the Bible study with us. But that's going to be next week. But like we said, tonight, as this episode's dropping, tonight, right there at Cross Point Church at five o'clock, we're going to be having a night of worship with the Cross Point Praise Team. Next week, we're going to be hanging out with the youth group, and we're going to be having a kickball game. We got rained out a couple of weeks ago. We're going to reschedule that kickball game. We got some info coming in the coming weeks about a fall retreat that we're going to have. We uh, Every other year, we go to the ark. This is not the ark year. We're going to have a fall retreat with some information coming in that in the coming weeks. You hear me say each and every week, for all the information with Elevate and the Radio Elevate podcast, to go to www.radioelevatepod.com. And if you really like what we're doing right here on the podcast, the best thing they can do is what, Jennifer? Share. Share with your friends, coworkers, your church. Um, just get them listening and, and hoping that we can reach lots of people. Yeah, we definitely want them to, to enjoy the podcast, enjoy what we're doing right here, and hopefully they can join in on the fun that we're having and not miss out on all the fun here on Radio Elevate Podcast. Well, in the last couple of episodes, this is the point of the episode where I'd kind of give you some backstory behind the song, and every song that we've done up until this point has been a really popular worship song. It's got a lot of radio play. It's had a lot of information to it. That's not the case today. Mm -mm. No, when I think of this song, it really brings me to our church specifically. I think whenever I hear the song we're fixing to talk about, it really gives me cross point vibes because I just, I really relate this song to our worship band and I love it a lot. So every other song that we've done, I've I've been able to do a quick Google search, get a lot of information on it, but this is a deep track. This is a deep cut, right? 
this isn't even a deep cut. This is a deep cut from from a deep worship group. We're not talking about somebody the stature of Chris Tomlin today. Mm-hmm. Today we're covering, as you said, maybe maybe the staple song of the Cross Point worship team, or at least one of the pillars of, and that's Bridge Cities. The well. Now, this is not a chart topper. It didn't hit number one. It didn't rank of anything. And I had to dig deep to find some information about this song, but I was able to find a few things. This song was released in 2016. It was written by Adam Smucker, Jeremy Scott, and Kim Reed Jansen, all part of the Bridge City worship team there. It was part of the album Altars that was released in 2016. The only other song that they had of really any major notoriety came when they did a cover of the old Rugged Cross, the old hymn, and put their own spin to it, which we've also done as the worship team a few different times. They had a couple other albums put out in 2013. They had their self-titled album come out. And in 2015, they had their, their album Christ Be Glorified come out. The 2016, that's the Altars album we're talking about today with the well on it. I was not able to find any other information. If you look at their Facebook page, they have went radio silent since 2017. Hey, they did it right the first time. Why, you know, why keep going? Why, so yeah. if you've not heard it, now would be a good time to go listen to it on Spotify or, or on the Crosspoint Point or the Radio Elevate podcast website. Go listen to it. If you're a member of Crosspoint, you've heard it before and you love it. We all love it. But if you've not heard it, go listen to it because it's it's a really good song and it'll help you throughout the study we're doing. Well, I did some investigative work. I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of myself for finding this next clip that we have right here. Every other week that we've done this, I've been able to Google rescue story behind the song, right? Whatever song we're doing, story behind the song. And I get the artist telling me about the song on YouTube. It's super easy to find. This was not as easy to find, but with my phenomenal investigating skills... I was able to find Bridge Cities and their story behind the song. The Well Song was one of those songs that started totally different than what we had originally written. I wrote the first verse and it was just like a simple worship song. Super simple, laid back, acoustic. and until I got together with the rest of the crew, that's when it started to change and morph. So you never know how a song's gonna take shape. You might have one piece, you might have one part, but it was fun to explore the creativity of just being okay with how it ended up being. So I, I've always loved the concept of that we lay our burdens down upon him, you know? And when I've heard it in other songs, it always connected with me and my own heart. And I, I love the picture of, you know, just thinking of Christ and God and our Father as our friend, you know? Who who better than a friend to come and lift up our burden with us, you know? And so I think when I wrote that first lyric in that worship moment, that's how it came out. Um, but when we got to take a different spin on it, it was really fun, so. Uh, so we're quite a ways into the project, uh, like rehearsals, that schedule and everything. Um, and Adam and his wife, Hannah, had this thought, brought it to the team. So we said, just come in in the afternoon. So we're in Jeremy's office, which is really tiny. And we all just crammed in there and there's the piano and we're all sitting on ottomans and makeshift seats and different things. It was really neat. The girls left really quick to go grab some iced teas. And while they were away, we just started writing lyrics. And 
I think that's when you kind of switched up the rhythm of the song a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the song started like very straight, very worshipful, as I said before, but once we just said, hey, like, let's try to swing this thing. Let's just see what happens. So Jeremy had the first line of the chorus, and that's when it was like, hey, this could all come and come into play, so. I think it started over here, and then kind of went over here, and then kind of ended out here. <laughs> kind of Allman Brothers, 70s. It was funny, I mean, I, we didn't really disagree about it going country. It was like, hey, let's just try this out. Let's feel it out. And once we got it in there, and like changed up the vibe of the song, and went country western with it. Just not western. It's like kind of 70s. 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 What's with the 70s? I think it's 70s. <laughs> it's kind of 70s. 70s vibe. I guess it is. It literally had three different time signatures and three different melodies. And so we rolled with it and ended up changing it up. Like you said, we kind of swung it a little yeah. bit and yeah. started coming together. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun just to let the song be what it was. That was exciting. For us, I think it was a different moment where it's like, Hey, let's just step, step outside of our element, what we're comfortable with, what we think works congregationally. You know, a lot of times we put ourselves in a box as a songwriter and we go, I've got to make it fit for the congregation. But sometimes when you're exploring creativity, you can find a way that it still fits. And so we really found that. I think once we started swinging the song, getting used to it, having fun with it, I think it kind of opened up more doors for us to write the other parts. The first time we ever did the song was on the night of the recording. Yeah. We, we had, uh, finished the song like a week before, if that. Not even. Yeah, seriously. Not it even. was so last minute, but it, it was fun. And we were just having fun with it. We brought it to the band. The band loved it. Got to play some blues licks over over uh, the tracks, and it was just really fun for us. So we threw it at the end of the list thinking, well, maybe it'll work to be recorded. It was like, well, maybe it'll happen. Maybe we'll have a moment. It was just really unknown for us. So we got out there and said, hey, let's just try it. And I think that's what made it really work with the congregation is when we threw it out there and just put everything on the table, it was this cool moment where everyone jumped in. The beats, the rhythms, just allowed people to move, allowed people to get into it, forget about, hey, there's all these things that I've got to do to be in a worship setting. It's like, I can just be free, be who I am, so. Who knew that our church was totally inward country? Seriously, right? <laughs> so more 70s, job. more kind of Almond <laughs> Brothers. <laughs>the song as cross point church because when i joined the worship team it's funny that you heard him talking about that country swing and the allman brothers vibe matt was looking for stuff to fit kind of what i do i think and i had ran across the casting crown song also entitled the well so when he was asking me what songs would you like to do i told him hey i'd like to do the well thinking we were talking about the casting crown ones he messages me back about three or four days later and says man why don't you take a listen to this song before we do the casting crowns well, I listened to it. I was hooked, man. Mm -hmm. As soon as that lead guitar line comes in right there, I felt it. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. We had a lot of fun with it. When we played it at practice the first night, I'll bet you we ran through the song four times because we were having so much fun playing the song at the church. We couldn't wait to play it for the congregation on Sunday morning. But it's, it's such an amazing song, and I think... One thing that really makes this song a little bit more special than the other songs that we've, we've done in this podcast so far, this is a true worship team for a church that's putting this song together. This isn't a commercial artist that's putting out music out there really for the mass production. This song was written for their church and their congregation. 
Well, and even, you know, the main guy that wrote it, he said that he wrote this because it's something that he felt in his heart. He wasn't writing something just to get it out, you know, get it in the in the churches and try to make it worldwide. He felt something in his heart that he was led by Christ, and he he wrote a song, and he wrote a, an amazing song. It's it's a great song. Well, and every time that we have done the these Ultimate Summer Playlist um, episodes thus far, when we do the research for them, I give you a, a, a list of scriptures that are probably between 10 and 30 scriptures, depending on the song. This song, there's two, because this song really harps on two different Bible verses. It talks Matthew 11, chapter 28 through 29, and it talks about John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42. Uh, the first verse of the song is exactly Matthew 1, chapter 28 through 29. It's talking about how equal yoke is important. I'm sorry. You said Matthew 1. It's Matthew 11. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Okay. You said that twice. I just want to make sure I wrote, wrote the right thing down. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, 13. Thank you. When did I say that the first time? I don't know. That's okay. This song really harps on two different scriptures. It talks about Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 29 and it talks about John chapter 4 verses 1 through 42 and the first verse of this song is really just a rewritten version of Matthew 11, 28 and 29. It talks about how equal yoke is important for easy and successful relationships. Now up until I started playing this song me being a country guy I thought that it was yoke, Y-O-L-K. I thought we were talking about the middle of an egg when we were talking about equally yoking. I had to do a little research as to what a yoke actually was because I'm not a farm guy, right? I don't know what a yoke is, but that statement makes so much more sense when I understand what a yoke is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so when a yoke is something that you kind of carry water or something like that with that you know helps distribute the weight, it makes it a little bit more easy. And sometimes... We give our burdens to God by doing that with that yoke because he helps carry that yoke up with us. And and when I was doing my research also, equally yoked was saying that both parties are doing the same thing to make their job easier. When I did the research, it said that yoke was like two ox that were on the same like piece of wood driving. And if one was unequally yoked, then one would be doing all the work and getting nowhere. So, I mean... To be equally yoked is is obviously super important. And, you know, for God to be on our side like that, too, is just, you know, helps us every day. And I think sometimes we, we try to do things on our own. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, ah, it's just easier if I do some stuff myself. But it's really not. If, you know, two people doing the same job together with the same intention, the same goal, the same pace, it does become easier, right? It does, yeah. But we try to do stuff on our own sometimes, and that's when that becomes a burden. I think this song is saying, I lay my burden down because God wants to be part of that process with me. Right, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure sometimes we feel like our problem isn't big enough to lay at God's feet, or you could feel ashamed or feel like, you know, why would I bother God with something this this small or something when he's got, you know, bigger fish to fry? But, you know, God wants us to lay even the smallest things down because he is on our side. He wants us to be, you know, not equal with him, but on the same playing field, toward, going towards the same goal 
of getting more people saved and, and, you know, leading them to cross. That's obvious. That's our goal and cross goal. So, I mean, we're all on the same team and he wants us what he can do to help us. He will do. And he wants us on that team. Yeah. He wants to be an active participant. He doesn't just want to be a coach. He wants to be an active participant yeah. in whatever we're doing. You know, I thought back too about laying those burdens down and I, I thought back to our, what a beautiful name episode. And that song said something to the effect of, of silence, the boast of sin and shame. Mm-hmm. You know, those words got me thinking. It's really kind of arrogant for us to think that we can handle this without God in our life. It's kind of arrogant for us to think that we can handle problems without giving our burdens to God. Right, because, I mean, without Him, we're, we're nothing. We've already proven that, obviously, in the downfall of man in the very beginning. I mean, without Him, you know, and Adam and Eve had a perfect world. I mean, look at the world we're in now. Now we're definitely nothing without... God being on our side and on our team and us, you know, laying those things down and and bringing those things to him for his help. Well, and I think it's hard to say that we're going to be equally yoked in a relationship with God because he's so much better than us at literally everything, right? Mm -hmm. But here in this world, we've got our friendships and our relationships with one another that that we're kind of called to be somewhat equally yoked with. Now, the Bible doesn't say you have to be with somebody equally yoked, but man, it sure does help. Yeah, it says, I read somewhere, I can't remember what verse it was, but it said, um, you know, put yourself with someone like-minded or something like that. But I mean, if you were if you were with someone that didn't put church as a priority, didn't put cross as a priority, didn't um, pray, you know, wasn't reaching towards those goals that God has given us, obviously, of sharing our testimony, you know, being in the church, being in his hands and feet, things like that, that's just going to hold you back from what God could do for you in your life. So that's one of those times where, you know, you would want all of the blessings of God and you're letting someone hold you back from those because they don't believe in the same thing you do. So you definitely want to surround yourself with friends in school, you know, friends at work, if you work a job or if you're an adult, marriages, things like that, you definitely would want to be with someone that's on the same playing field as you with your relationship with the Lord. Well, and I think as uh, when we talk about equally yoked, you know, I think most often we go to marriages, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's where I really think that becomes super important, right? Because you think about not being equally yoked with your partner in life, right? Mm -hmm. That Well, for one, your marriage, if you're not equally yoked, your marriage is a marriage between the two of you and God. Mm -hmm. Your marriage is a dedication to your life to glorify God as a team with one another. But that makes it even more difficult for your children. You know, if you've got two people that have different priorities in their spiritual life, then that has children looking at both parents going, which ones of these is right? Right. And, you know, we, we were married for a few years before we rededicated our lives and went to cross point. I mean, I've seen firsthand what putting God in front of a marriage can, can do the way that it's supposed to be. I mean, that's the way that God created it is once you get married, you step away from your family, create your own, but God is always at the head, the head. So it's you, you know, God, the father, mother, and then the children. So, I mean, putting God in the front and having someone that has the same beliefs, values, things like that, um, is just going to create obviously a better marriage, a better family dynamic and lead you guys in the way the Lord would want you to go. Yeah. And we're not just talking about marriages here. We're also talking about other friendships, other Mm -hmm. relationships that we have, but 
it's so hard to be in an equal partnership, whether it be a friendship, whatever it is with somebody that does not have the same spiritual values that you do because they can become argumentative. They can become dismissive over, you know, what we believe, you know, all those silly Christians believe in what they believe again. They try to explain everything away with a worldly mindset. We just don't have that. You know, faith's one of those things that you can't see it necessarily. You can see the the byproduct of it, but you can't necessarily see it. So it's hard to explain that to a non-believer who's looking for that concrete evidence sometimes that we just can't give. Right. And you don't want to ever feel, um, you know, ashamed or embarrassed of your beliefs. And, you know, if you're surrounding yourselves with you know, unbelievers and and things like that, that could be a problem, but you know, you still want to love them. You don't want to shun them or, you know, not ever talk to them, things like that. If you see them, you know, at school or at work, something like that, but your core group that you surround yourself with, that you spend a lot of your time with, the people you spend time with are going to reflect onto you. It's going to reflect on what you think, how you act, how you say. Um, So, I mean, you want to surround yourself with people that, are good people that, you know, know the Lord and and have a relationship with him. But just like Jesus, you know, ate with the sinners, congregated with them, you can do the same. But he spent a lot of his time with his disciples. He surrounded himself with people of like mind and like heart that believed in the same thing. Um, And and that's what you should do too. He's not calling us not to associate with non-Christians. He's calling us to to reach them, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to reach non-believers if we never have any conversation with them. If we look at at some non-believers the way that a lot of non-believers look at us, man, they're just silly. I can't believe they believe that. We're never going to win them over to Christ. And the ultimate goal is to win every non-believer over to Christ Mm -hmm. so that we can make their yoke a little bit easier. But when you have that equal partnership, that weight that you carry with one another does become easier. I know... God's done that in my life with my ministry. You know, whenever I started letting him be at the head of this and he helped carry some of the weight, the the ease of my ministry became a lot easier. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's the same thing with being, you know, a good friend and a good, you know, coworker, student, all those things. When you can lay your, you know, when you can lay your burdens on Christ and have a friendship with him and be able to depend on him for things and to give you peace over situations. I mean, you're going to be a better friend and your friends at school might look at you and say, man, she's going through a lot, but she's, she's so happy and so nice. How is she like that? You know, and, and they'll see Christ through you. So, you know, having that relationship with him and being able to put your burdens on him and have that peace and show others is going to win people to Christ also. Well, the relationship with Christ just makes life easier. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean life is easy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like mistake that statement or anything. But when we accept Christ into that and we have him as the head of our, our, our plan or the head of our path, it becomes a little bit easier because we know he's with us, right? We know there's a plan. And just like that yoke, we're sitting there. He's taking some of the burden on himself for us. He's not afraid to wear the burden for us. He's not afraid to go through these things with us. Yeah, I agree. Well, the song, it moves on a little bit. That's the that's the first kind of scripture that it hits, but then it really turn it really turns and starts to talk about what the well is really all about. And we're gonna kind of 
turn the vibe of this podcast just a little bit because the next lyrics of this song really harp to the woman at the well and the st- and the story of the woman at the well. You know, in John chapter 4 verses 1 through 42 is where you're going to find that story. But the first thing I want to talk about with the woman at the well is that Jesus' stop in Samaria in his ministry to even run across that woman at the well, that was not by accident. Oh, definitely not. I mean, you know, nothing that Jesus did or none of the people that he talked to or or laid hands on anything like that was ever an accident. You know, the timing was right there. Uh, He meets the woman where she is right there. Mm -hmm. She's gone to get water, oddly enough, probably with a yoke to get the two barrels of water. But he meets the woman where she is at the time of day. He didn't approach the woman with the other disciples either. He approaches the woman by himself. And I think he does this to kind of give some credibility to who he is. Maybe even to some sense, make the woman at the well feel safe instead of having, you know, 12, 13 guys roll up on her while she's by herself. I think he also kind of does this to be safe and Here's what we're going to see in a minute. He's going to say some pretty honest things to her. I think he kind of does this so that he can be let her be free from embarrassment for the conversations that's getting ready to be had. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that statement. Just reading that, you know, you don't, unless you're thinking really critically about it, you won't think about that, but those are definitely good points. I mean, you know, God wants to be our comforter. He never wants us to be ashamed. He wants to take our shame from us, so... That, I mean, those are definitely characteristics of God that he would, you know, Christ that he would do that for us. Yeah, and he's done this, and I believe, to, to give this woman a little bit of comfort. Because the end mm-hmm. of this story is going to be very life-changing for her. It's going to mm-hmm. be life-changing for a lot of people. So he's got to build some of that credibility as to who he is right there. Because at the beginning of the conversation, he's just a Jew that's come to get water uh, when the woman's getting water at the same time. But Jesus speaks to the woman who is a Samaritan. At that time, Jews do not really conversate or or associate with Samaritans. I really think this talks about the importance of us having relationships with those that are not like us. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jesus broke a lot of cultural barriers here. He was talking to a woman who was a Samaritan. And he was a Jew. They didn't congregate. And she was also an adulteress. You know, God, Jesus goes on and tells us about how she's had multiple husbands. And she's with a man currently that's not her husband. So, I mean, in, in that society, an adulteress like that wouldn't be obviously alone with a man. or And he wouldn't be talking to her anyway. So, I mean, he's crossing a lot of barriers that a lot of people wouldn't do just to connect with this woman and really... Um, talk to her and 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 gain her uh, following so i mean he definitely reaches over those barriers to us too and i think too you know we look at that obviously we're not necessarily jews and samaritans going to get water today but we kind of do the, the same thing sometimes you know i was thinking modern day samaritans would be people maybe like muslims or jehovah's witnesses or some folks like that that don't believe exactly as we believe but the goal is still to win them over to christ mm-hmm. so but Everyone is burdened and interested for an easier way of life. And I think we see that here uh, in in verse 15 where he says, Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water that I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. We want to have our life be a little bit easier. And Jesus is offering the woman an easier life here. 
Right, and she, you know, she accepted that offer without even really knowing much about it. I mean, she didn't know that he was Jesus at that that point in the story. Um, she just said he offered her an easier route, an easier way, and she was like, sign me up. I'll sign on the dotted line. I'm here. If that's going to stop me from having to come get this water every day, then then I'm there. So she didn't have a lot of background, yeah. but she just wanted an easier way, just like just like we do now. Well, and you think too, the act of going and getting a couple of, of buckets of water, that's not an easy task, Mm-mm. you know, and, and if you don't believe me, run down to Lowe's, get your five gallon bucket, fill it full of water and then carry it around your backyard for, you know, an hour or so both ways. That's not an easy thing, especially for a woman. Yeah. So, you know, that's not going to be easy physically on them. So she's in some hard times right now and you know that she's after that easier way of life. But there's something going on here that I think we can talk about the the charismatic nature of Jesus a little bit. You know, Jews and Samaritans don't really talk. As you mentioned, she's an adulteress. Why is this conversation even happening? Something tells her to keep talking to him, right? right? I think most folks would probably be in this situation be looking for the exit out of this conversation. There's something intriguing enough here about Jesus that she wants to continue the talk. Right, and you know, I, I obviously don't know from personal, but I would assume that a lot of the times, you know, the women might be taught to like not talk back, you know, so something told her to answer his questions and something just told her to believe him, you know, to take his gift of the living water and then he reveals himself and tells her all about her past and then she realizes, oh my gosh, this is him, you know. Well, she wants to continue the conversation. Nowhere is she interested in ending the conversation right here. But Jesus gains gains some credibility by telling her a few things about her life. Now, she still doesn't know that it's Jesus here. But Jesus kind of tests her and says, hey, go tell your husband what's going on. And she says, Mm -hmm. I don't have one. He goes, yeah, that's right. You've had five. And the dude you're living with now ain't your husband either. Now... Listen, in Carter County, those are fighting words. But in this time, those were really some some pretty rough accusations to throw on a lady right there that you've never met. Yeah, and I mean, and in the same at the same time, she could have lied and just left yeah. if she felt you know afraid or was like this guy's a wacko, you know, stuff like that. If she didn't feel that pull, the same pull that we feel to the Holy Spirit, if she didn't feel that pull to keep talking to him. And like, I want to know more. She could have been like, okay, I'm going to go to my husband. I'll be back, quote unquote, and then never see him again, you know? Yeah, but the problem is, is she's never laid eyes on Jesus, right. Here, right? This is just, at this point in the story, this is just a Jew that's come by to get some water. But everything that he just said to her was true. Yeah. So, wait a minute. You just accused me of some pretty rough things, but they're all accurate. How do you know this? Well, she believes that instead of this being Jesus the Messiah right here, she doesn't know this yet. She thinks that he's just a prophet. So then she kind of starts adding some questions on to him, but she's hung up on some small things. In verse 19, she says, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me why it is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while we Samaritans claim that it's Mount Jerism. What does that matter? What does that matter where we're worshiping God to, right? Those are some pretty minuscule things that we're talking about. We're cutting hairs here. 
I think she's just trying to test him to see what he knows. You she, know? she might be. But I think, you know, she doesn't know that she's talking to Jesus right, right. here. But I think we're really splitting hairs. Why are you worshiping outside? I think it's the same thing as why does your church listen to hymns or why does your church listen to contemporary music? Because that's just the way we worship. As long as it's filled with the Spirit, what does it matter? Jesus' concern here is that we have that relationship with him. Jesus' concern here is about who the worship goes to. But after this kind of back and forth and and questioning and and kind of testing of, of who Jesus is, he drops the bomb. He says, oh, that, that guy we're talking about who the Messiah is, that's me. Mm-hmm. What feeling must have come over this woman sitting at the well when she realizes, and she believes, mm-hmm. when she's standing there and she realizes she's talking not to a prophet, she's talking to the one and only Jesus God Messiah. I always get emotional when I think of this, you know, how it's going to feel when you stand in in the presence of Jesus, especially when, you know, in shows like The Chosen, when people like Mary and Nicodemus realize, oh my gosh, this is the Messiah, this is Jesus right in front of me. Like it, something about it just tears my stomach and just makes me so emotional. But I mean, she had to have just experienced so much joy. I mean, we see it in the next, the next verses where she just runs and tells people like, you have to know what this man just told me, like, this is Jesus, like, this is the Messiah, he's here. Um, I just, I can't imagine just how, how elated you would feel and how emotional. I mean, they write songs about how you might feel whenever you get in the presence of Jesus. It's just a really emotional thing, at least for me. You know, I think the thing that hits me the most about her reaction here is her excitement. And, and her amazement of who it is. Now, remember, Jesus has, has just said some some pretty sinful things about her life to her right here, but she's not ashamed in mm-hmm. this moment, right? She's regretful, but she's excited that Jesus is in front of her. She's in love with what she's seeing, and that's Jesus Christ standing in front of her. She's not ashamed. She's not scared. She's not worried. It's got to be this overwhelming feeling of love that she's experiencing right here, Really and truly, her heart's probably baptized in this moment right here. This moment in her life is probably when she becomes saved. And then God uses her to reach the rest of Samaria. Yeah, she and she couldn't keep it in. It's just, it's like when you see someone get newly baptized or newly saved, you just get that excitement and you just, and they just want to tell people, like you want to be like, I just got baptized. That was so amazing. It's the same thing. Like I just, I just got saved. Let me tell you about what Jesus has done for me. Um, and you know, you see that in a lot of new Christians and, and this woman at the well obviously was a new one. Um, but we definitely need to keep that going as we get older and more mature in our walks with the Lord. But you know, it's just one of those, she couldn't keep it in and she just had to tell everybody about what she saw, what she heard. Yeah, and she runs into town, and and she's honest about her past with the rest of the town. And realistically, a lot of them probably know who she is anyway. But she's in there saying, look, I'm a sinner, and there's a guy up here at the well that told me everything I've done. He's the Messiah, and he's saving me right now. You guys have to come hear him teach. And they come, and for two days, Jesus does what Jesus does, and he's teaching Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then it goes on to say that we don't believe just from what you've told us, talking about the woman, but we believe from what we've heard from this man, that we do believe he is the Messiah, not just by your testimony, but by what we've experienced too in our lives. 
you know, Jesus stayed and he taught by his little detour that he took in Samaria. He was able to save. We don't know how many people in mm -hmm. Samaria that ended up getting saved. We know it was a lot. But that really tells us about when God takes us to these unexpected places, he's doing that because he has a plan for us and a reason for us to be there. You know, the disciples were kind of confused as to why they were taking that little pit stop through there. God had a purpose for being where he was. Jesus had a reason to go to the well and save that woman. And when you're in a place that's unfamiliar with you, mm -hmm. that means that Jesus is sending you there for a reason. When you when you set a plan for your life and God puts you on a detour, it's always for a reason. It's because he's asking you to do something differently. Mm -hmm. If Jesus did not take that detour that day, we're not talking about the woman at the well today. Right. But the bridge of the song talks about putting God into our life and knowing that the truth in his word is satisfying. And the song talks about freedom and joy. You know, when I think of that word freedom, it says, Lord, you've given me freedom, you've given me joy. I think about that life that the woman at the well may have had before that. She was kind of convinced of her sin and that she was not accepted. And then she got this freedom to understand she was accepted in Christ and a freedom to live her new life as a believer in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I think of freedom, I always think about how, you know, we've been granted this freedom to, to worship Jesus freely. There's so many people that, that don't have that freedom. And that's something I definitely don't take for granted. Yeah. And, and it says that, You've given me joy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we look at that opportunity to worship, as you just said, you know, we take it for granted yeah. that we can worship freely. It's really a joy to be able to worship freely and be in the presence of God with just him or with other believers. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's a joy just to be around fellow believers and to be able to speak freely of the Lord and his love and, and be able to sing songs with other people and not be afraid that someone might come in and find you or or some or someone, you know, something like that. So it's just something that we, you know, as as Americans and as people in in our church should definitely feel lucky. Yeah, we have that freedom, we have that mm -hmm. joy that comes with believing in God. It's the same freedom, the same joy that the woman at the well got to experience. It's that same freedom and joy that the moment you accept Christ into your heart, you get to feel that same freedom and that same joy. We're going to take a break right here. We're going to take a detour just like Jesus did heading to the well that day. We're going to take a detour right now and ask you that if you like what we're doing right here on the podcast, hit us up a review. We'd love to have the feedback. If you think we've earned it, make sure you give us five stars there on whatever your favorite podcast app is. We'd love to have that. If you want to support the ministry of Elevate Youth Ministry, please head over to our website, www.radioelevatepod.com. Hit the donate button. It's going to reroute you right to the Crosspoint page where you can donate directly to Elevate Youth Ministry. And hey, if you want to worship with us in person, Join us right there at 111 Conley Road each and every Sunday. We've got two services at 9 o'clock and 1045. If you go to the 9 o'clock service, you can guarantee to get out of there before lunch. If you go to the 1045 service, Greg might go a little long sometimes. So You might be waiting at Amigos for a few minutes. You might have just a moment. So <laughs> if, if, if time is of concern to you, I definitely recommend that 9 o'clock <laughs> service, but we'd love to have you. Also, if you're grades 7 through 12, we'd also love to have you at the in-person 
person to elevate. We meet right there at the main campus, again, at 111 Conley Road in Jonesboro, Tennessee. That's at 4.30 each and every Sunday when the new semester starts. This Sunday, be there at five o'clock for the night of worship. That's what we're doing this Sunday. And again, if you're liking what we're doing, the best way to get the word out there about Elevate is... Share. Share, share, share on all your mm -hmm. social media. We'd love to have your support on that. We'd love to make you part of what we're doing right here on Radio Elevate. You know, the course of this song really kind of leads into what the conclusion of the song is, is that God's present in every single season of our life. And that's something that we hear a lot, the seasons of our life, but we don't really think about it. We think, hey, yeah, we have ups and downs, but we do have seasons of our lives. And sometimes when we're in the bad seasons, we forget that God's there. Yeah. Or it's the opposite. We rely heavily on him in the bad seasons, yeah. but then when everything gets good again, we, you know, we aren't as apt to go to him or, or just to praise him or just say, thank you for getting me through that. I'm so glad to be here where I'm at, you know? You know, God is not a fair weather friend, mm -mm. right? God's not that person that wants to leave you when times get tough. God wants you to make him your first contact when you do have some times to get tough. It goes right back down to the first words of this song. God wants to be part of that yoke with us. He wants to, to experience not just the part, not just part of our lives, but our entire life with us. Right. You know, nobody wants to be the friend that you only get complained to and come to if something's wrong. But, you know, God wants to celebrate with us and he wants to love on us when things are going good too. And, and experience, you know, give us that joy and, and see us happy as well, not just upset. You know, and the song says that only Jesus can satisfy, mm -hmm. right? But that's so true in, in every season of our life. I'm not trying to quote the song right there. I just did, but... You know, he really does want to satisfy us in our lives, but the only way we can be in that satisfaction is when we're following God's plan for us. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's our job to tell the world about Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. That's the difference between our pre-belief life, our after-belief life. After we've rededicated our life to Christ, just like we saw with the woman in the well, after she saw and she believed, she couldn't help but contain her excitement to go tell the world about Jesus. That's exactly as believers what we've got to start doing. And we might be their only influence. I mean, we might be their only point of hearing about Christ. Like we've said, if Jesus didn't take the detour and didn't talk to the woman at the well, all those people in her village may have never known Christ. Yeah. Or if she didn't believe Christ or if she wanted to keep it to herself and she never told, they might not have ever known who Christ was. So, I mean, we could be the one person in their life, their only chance to know Christ, the only chance to plant that seed. Um, even if it's just talking to them about it, maybe they revisit that later in their life. But we might be their only option, their only choice, yeah. or their first choice. So we want to make sure that we're doing doing what Christ wants us to do with that. Well, I think one of the coolest things about the story of the woman at the well, this woman's never given a name. Mm -hmm. She is an influence to a lot of people. And I'm sure in Samaria when this happened, a lot of people knew who she was. They knew her name then. Her name's been lost through history. But she's still the woman at the well and it really goes to tell us about our testimony. Our lives are not our own. Our lives are not to glorify us. Our lives are here to glorify God. Well, there you have it right there. 
That is the season finale of Radio Elevate. We've got one season in the books. We've covered the ultimate summer playlist. We hope that this podcast has really gotten to enhance your worship throughout the summer months here. We hope that you've been exposed to maybe some great worship songs that you have not been exposed to yet so far. But again, if you do like what we're doing right here on the podcast, make sure you share, share, share what we're doing. Make sure you check out our website so that you can see everything that's going on with Elevate and Radio Elevate. Next week, we've got a brand new series. We're going to be going through the book of Kings 1 and 2 so that we can tell you so that we can continue this podcast and continue our Bible study. But until then, my name's Cody. I'm Jennifer. And we hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time right here on Radio Elevate. See ya.